Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. Today our topic is Overcoming Top Compensation Issues in Law Firms. Joining us is Edward Rata, Managing Director of the Compensation Consulting Division of CBiz Human Capital Services. He has 19 years of HR experience with a focus on designing innovative compensation programs. As a recognized expert in compensation, Mr. Rata has been recently quoted in the Wall Street Journal, Smart Money Magazine, and TheStreet.com. Welcome, Ed. Glad to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity today. Well, let's start off with a very obvious question. In the current economy, aren't employees just lucky to have jobs today? You know, that's a question I hear uh, quite a bit uh, in my line of work as a compensation consultant. And it's interesting. If you look at the data, uh, what gets reported in the national news is uh, the unemployment rate and how it's uh, still at historical highs. Um, And depending on which side of the political aisle you sit on, sometimes, you know, they point out that uh, a lot of the drop in unemployment is actually due to people giving up on looking for work. And so the job market still isn't where uh, it needs to be, uh, particularly from historical levels. Mm -hmm. But if you dive deeper into the data, what you find is that there's actually an inverse correlation between education and unemployment meaning that unemployment is at staggering rates for those with a high school degree or less. But if you look at uh, those that have a four-year college degree, or as you'd see in a lot of law, law firms, people with advanced degrees, the unemployment uh, rate is in the 3 or 4%. Uh, so there's still a competition for talented employees and educated employees, certainly. Excellent. Now, with limited money for salary increases, wouldn't it be easier to just give everyone the same thing? You know, easier uh, possibly, uh, but not necessarily the best idea. Uh, When you look at uh, salary increase dollars, they're certainly below historic norms, uh, and they can be limited. What we're seeing many organizations do, and certainly what I suggest to clients, is that that's really a time to not only differentiate your increases based on performance, but to really take it a step further and to hyper-differentiate, meaning uh, if we only have a a 2% pool, let's say, uh, if we give everybody 2%, our poor performers are getting far above market increases for their level of performance, and our top performers are only getting 2%. Uh, So that's really a time where the easy answer may be to to give everybody 2%, but if we can hyper-differentiate and get 6 7 8% in the hands of our top performers and do so at the expense of our lower performers, uh, I think that that uh, will be successful all around. And that will go a long way for staff retention as well, certainly. Absolutely. So, now, what are your thoughts on free compensation data found on the Internet? <laughs> you know, that's actually an easy one. Uh, <laughs> I think it's worth less than, less than what it, uh, the cost of it is. Uh, the data <laughs> okay. tend to be self, self-reported, uh, and, and that means that uh, I could log on to the Internet and uh, ask one of those websites uh, how much uh, any job should be paid, and not only will they give me uh, an, an answer, a compensation level, but they'll also give me three pages uh, of tips on how to beat up my boss to get a raise. If I log back onto that website, I can then supply them with additional confirmation information that they'll incorporate into that database, and I can just keep uh, entering uh, data until I I can literally drive to the answer that I want. 
Um, so there are very few quality controls in place, and uh, it's not a great way to manage compensation. Right, and you can't believe everything you find on the Internet, as you know. Uh, absolutely. So say, That's a yeah, good exactly. rule of thumb. Good rule of thumb. Let's say I have a compensation survey of law firms. Is that all I need? You know, that may be all you need for some law firm-specific jobs. So for uh, attorneys, for paralegals, uh, for legal assistants, that may be a great source of data. Uh, but there are other jobs that are found within law firms, whether it's a receptionist, an accountant, an IT person, an HR person, where your competition isn't exclusively other law firms. Uh, in fact, you'd be competing with a broader spectrum of employers and so I found it's critically important to not so narrowly focus on industry, but to really make sure that you have data that matches the area where you would recruit employees from and lose them to in terms of both industry, but also geography and size of organization are important components depending on the job as well. Good information. Now, how should compensation be handled across diverse geographic locations? That's a, a question that we've been asked by a number of uh, of broad organizations. And they have diverse the locations, exactly, right. Right, whether it's a, a yeah. law firm or financial services or a, a restaurant chain. Mm -hmm. the, the simplest solution that I've found that really accounts for those different geographic areas would be to have a, kind of a, a home-based salary structure, so to speak, um, that jobs are slotted into based on market. But then we may have a separate structure that captures the Los Angeles and New York markets, for example. Now, they're on opposite ends of the country, but both tend to pay well above the national average. And so mm -hmm. we may have another structure that is 20% higher. So what that would mean is maybe a paralegal is in a grade four in our home base structure. In New York and Los Angeles, they'd still be in a grade four, but the compensation associated with that grade four in those other areas would be significantly higher. And the same would apply if uh, you have a location in Mountain Home, Arkansas, for example, yeah. where those differentials are quite a bit below national average. Good information. Now, how can compensation philosophy tie into a law firm's business plan? I've seen that work uh, specifically in law firms, uh, frankly, at extremes of the compensation philosophy range. Uh, so as a little bit of context, 80 to 90% of organizations across the country target the 50th percentile as their market compensation philosophy. In other words, they want to be market competitive. They want to be at the point where half pay more, half pay less. Right. Now, I've worked with uh, some of the premier law firms in the country, and they're looking for literally the best of the best talent and are willing to pay top dollar for it. Uh, these are the, the firms that are paying uh, six figures to the people who graduate in the top 5 or 10% of their class for uh, from premier institutions. Mm -hmm. At the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, I worked with a, a law firm that was in the bankruptcy business. Uh, unfortunately, in today's economy, their their business is booming. Right. But they're, li they're literally looking for attorneys to fill out standard forms not even to fill them out, to review standard forms that have already been filled out, and they need the letters JD after their name so that they can sign off on the form. They're looking for the least expensive attorneys that they can find, and they're not paying you know, six figures right out of school. They're, they're trying to be at the 
lowest level of compensation they can find to get a warm body with the letters JD after their name. Two very different compensation philosophies, but both of them tie directly into the business plan and how that firm is, is structured. On different ends of the spectrum. Very interesting. So what are the trends for salary increases these days? You know, prior to the economic downturn, the rule of thumb was about 4.5% for an average salary increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2007, 2008, as the, the market went in the tank, uh, we saw them as low as uh, not only 2% or so, but there was great variability in those increases, meaning there were a lot of zeros, uh, zero increases for companies. Um, at the opposite end of the spectrum, there were a number of companies that said, we're going to overinvest or we're going to put a lot of money into compensation while the market is down and while employees are cheap, and we're going to hire the best of the best. Ah. What we're seeing today is that that, that 2% has started to track up about a tenth of a percent every year. So this year we're in the 2.5, uh, 2.6. Uh, in some industries and, and areas it's up as high as 3% uh, of pay range uh, as what we're seeing today. Interesting. So how large does a law firm need to be in order to formalize the compensation system? You know, there isn't really a a right or wrong answer to that. I I can kind of Mm -hmm. give some rules of thumb in in terms of what I've seen. Um, But for the record, I've worked with organizations. uh, It wasn't actually a law firm, but I've worked with an organization with 25,000 employees that was going through their first compensation plan design. Uh, and, and worked with organizations as small as two employees. Uh, obviously, both of those are kind of extreme examples. What we see typically in law firms is that once they hit about 50 employees, uh, and that's 50 employees total, not 50 attorneys, that's when they really start to grow up as an organization. And so the old accounting system is now not serving their needs. They need to upgrade their, upgrade their accounting system. Uh, they need to maybe hire their first HR person because there are a lot of compliance issues that need to be dealt with. And that's about when we see law firms go through and, and create their first compensation system so they have pay ranges, they have those parameters in place with which to make good business decisions. Smaller than 50 employees, it's often okay to kind of fly by the seat of your pants, but once you hit that uh, uh, that 50 employee level, more or less, that's when we're seeing law firms put those systems in place. Okay. The next one is one of my favorite questions. Can jobs be simply title matched to compensation surveys? Yeah, of course the answer is yes, they can be. Um, does that mean it's a good idea? <laughs> Absolutely exactly. not. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> okay. It, it, it's a, a common practice um, in law firms that for a number of the jobs, uh, a paralegal is a fairly standard job that can often be title matched. But once you get beyond those uh, very specific jobs, an associate attorney, a paralegal, a legal assistant, um, title matching can lead to some very inaccurate results. Uh, what one organization calls uh, a senior attorney, uh, another may call an intermediate attorney, another may call a junior partner, and everybody kind of has a different definition of what that means. So understanding the duties and responsibilities of the job and matching those duties and responsibilities to the market is really the proper way to go about that benchmarking. Makes perfect sense. And the final question, what are you seeing in terms of FLSA trends? Uh, 
I would say there are broad trends and there are narrow trends. Um, the Department of Labor is starting to very aggressively pursue uh, FLSA issues. Uh, for those of you who may not be familiar with FLSA, it's the Fair Labor Standards Act, and those are the overtime regulations that dictate who's entitled to overtime uh, and who's exempt from those regulations, typically salaried employees. Right. The, the Department of Labor has gone after a number of companies uh, for minor, minor technical uh, hiccups in the way they were administering FLSA and come after them to the tune of three-quarters of a million dollars plus in penalties wow. and interest for technicalities. On the law firm side, uh, the regulations that came out in 2004 uh, specifically state that paralegals are a non-exempt position. Uh, and there's been at least one uh, DOL op opinion letter that backs that up. And so we have seen most law firms uh, make them hourly employees. Um, those that still treat paralegals uh, as salaried employees, I, I think, are treading in, uh, in dangerous territory. Good information. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thanks to our guest, Ed Rada, for your expertise on law firm compensation strategies. Ed will be a featured speaker this fall at ALA's Human Resources Conference for Legal Professionals in Las Vegas, November 3rd to the 5th. Visit the ALA website, lnet.org, for more info. And thanks, everyone, for joining us.